So I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that last song. Um, thank you guys for leading us in that. Thank you, Marsh. You're the only one left. Um, that's the type of song that when I was younger, I would have kind of scoffed at and dismissed because um, I was immature. But uh, the older I get, the more I, I feel like I need uh, simple reminders of beauty, which is 100% what that song is and also uh, what I hope, at least in part, Tuesday nights are for you, whether you're here in the building or um, uh, joining us on the live stream, I really hope that uh, these worship gatherings can be a spot in your week where you uh, experience God drawing you close and where you're reminded um, that you're not alone and that we're in this together. Because um, it's, it's rough out there, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, how many of you uh, would say that you're burned out right now? Some of you are so burned out you're not raising your hand because it's a lot of us. Uh, Spring Health just recently put out this study called um, Burnout Nation, which is really illuminating and um, terrifying, uh, specifically about workplace burnout. Uh, but I think you can extend their findings to all of life right now um, based, on based on how I feel, based on conversations I've had with those of you who uh, are employees, those of you who are stay-at-home parents, um, those of you who are between jobs. Um, this isn't restricted to just the workplace. But anyway, this study uh, defined burnout as feeling exhausted, uh, feeling negative, feeling cynical or detached, um, and experiencing lower levels of uh, reduced productivity and capacity. And if you didn't raise your hand before, based on that definition, how many of you feel burnt out? There you go. Uh, yeah. This study found that 76% of us feel like we're close to or are completely burned out. The most common factors contributing towards burnout were reported to be coronavirus-related stress and fears, um, new workplace responsibilities, and political tension and division. Check, check, check. Uh, so like many of you, I absolutely am part of this 76%. Um, I am really, I'm really struggling <laughs> lately. Uh, I, feel like, I, I feel like I can barely think most of the time. Um, I sit down to work and like three hours go by and I've done nothing. Uh, you have no idea how hard it was for me to write this talk this week um, to the point where I feel like a bit of a fraud talking about the stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, so I want you to know that I am, um, I'm talking to myself in what I'm saying tonight just as much as I'm talking to any of you. The vast majority of us are exhausted. We're spread thin. We're burnt out. But take a deep breath with me. It's amazing how good that always feels. The good news is it doesn't have to be this way. And it's really timely that we're uh, starting this series on um, focusing on spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines or spiritual rhythms to help us grow in our spiritual development. If you remember from last week, the message of the ascension, the message of Jesus getting out of the way and handing over things to us is that it's time for us to take responsibility for the work of the church. And to help us in that work, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God um, to be with us always. So if that's true, 
if we're serious about wanting to take responsibility for the work of the church, then we need to get serious about our spiritual development. Um, our ability to recognize, to see, to hear, to, uh, to follow, to work with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that is already with and already in us. So we're spending the next several weeks looking at different spiritual practices. Again, or, or if you don't like that word, <laughs> disciplines um, or rhythms, whatever word works best for you. Uh, we're looking at these different spiritual practices to help us grow spiritually. These practices aren't magical, right? Uh, they're not quick fixes. They're not uh, ways to... They're not um, self-help. <laughs> they're, they're not... Um, things that if you just try, everything's going to instantly be okay. They're things that take time to take root. They're ways to help us develop habits, habits that help produce uh, greater maturity and greater Christ-likeness in our lives. Uh, they're habits that help us tap into the power of the Spirit of God that, as I said before, is all around us and, and brings greater order to the chaos of our lives, which is what the Spirit of God is all about. Right off the bat, from the very first words that are in the Bible, the Spirit of God, when it shows up, brings order to chaos. It moves things from some sort of order to another kind, or some sort of chaos to another kind of order. Maturing, mature, maturing spiritually does the same thing for us. It moves us from chaos to order. And the world feels pretty chaotic right now. In many ways, uh, I and I know many of you are just surviving right now. We're just trying to hold things together. We're just trying to stay afloat, bracing for whatever the next catastrophe is going to be. But we want to be more about, we want to be about more than just surviving around here. We want to be about thriving. And when it comes to spiritual development, uh, there are tools that we can give you. There are practices that we can uh, engage in together. But more than anything, what I hope you hear in this series over and over and over again, is that you already have the ability, you, you have the agency to grow spiritually. You already have what you need to do this. You absolutely have the capability um, to grow spiritually, but you're going to have to choose to do that. You're going to have to take responsibility for your spiritual development, which is something all of us can do. I want you to feel confident in that. It's something that you are capable of, and it's something that we're going to be pursuing together over the next several weeks. Uh, spiritual development moves us from chaos to order. And the first practice or rhythm that we're going to be looking at tonight, like I said at the beginning of the night, is, is Sabbath. Um, Sabbath moves us from burnout to rest. Sabbath moves us from burnout to rest. Sabbath is something that we've probably all heard of to some degree, but few of us practice this. A Sabbath is an ancient Jewish practice uh, that framed the week. There were six days for work and one day for rest. This was meant to reflect uh, the creation story in which God created the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it in six days and then spent one day resting. It was so important to uh, early Hebrew culture that it was actually one of the Ten Commandments. It's the fourth commandment, actually, which reads like this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, 
nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. That's the fourth commandment. Now over time, this practice of Sabbath started to be something uh, that people did because they thought that it made God happy. They thought that it was something that they had to do to keep on good terms with God. So they got really strict and legalistic about it uh, to the point where this thing that was meant to be a gift became a burden. But Jesus, when he showed up um, more than a thousand years later after Sabbath was a thing, Jesus addressed this head on by saying that the Sabbath was made for humans, not humans for the Sabbath. Meaning Sabbath is meant to, um, it's meant to be a gift to us, not a compulsory obligation that we have to keep in order to make God happy. Adele Calhoun, who wrote this fantastic book on spiritual disciplines called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. I think that's what it's called. I really should know what it's called. I have it with me like all the time. Uh, It's fantastic. If you want to check it out, I'll let you read it. Um, But she writes this. Sabbath is God's way of saying stop. Notice your limits. Don't burn out. It's a day he gives us to remember who and what is is for who and what work is for, as well as what matters most. Practicing Sabbath reminds us that we're not machines. We're finite. We have limitations. We can't constantly go, 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 go. We need time to rest. We need time to recharge, to connect with God, uh, people we love, and ourselves. So setting aside a day a week, um, or at least, at least a consistent time a week, to unplug from work is a gift for us. It's a way for us to care for ourselves and the people around us. It's an opportunity for us to remember that we're human. Because our culture doesn't often remind us of that. Our culture doesn't support this kind of practice. We're encouraged, and I'd say even pushed, um, to fill any kind of free time or margin that we have with more, doing more producing more, achieving more, never stopping, always moving. And so we push ourselves to the limit, and the result is the burnout that is so pervasive all around us. Sabbath is the antidote to burnout. It's this uh, repetitive rhythm of rest that allows us space to connect to God, to connect to each other, to connect to the people that we maybe are living alongside when we want to actually be sharing life with those people. It allows us to connect back to ourselves and remember who we actually are. Sabbath is for our benefit. And dare I even say, it's for our enjoyment. I don't know about you, but that sounds awesome. That sounds really awesome right now. Who wouldn't go for that right now? Who wouldn't go for time set aside every week to like reconnect with your humanity? You are not a machine. You're a human. You need sleep. You need food. You need sunlight. I need less sunlight than most people, but a lot of people need, we all need some vitamin D. We need love. And believe it or not, we also need work. But if you have any, any, uh, Any one of these things, if you have too much of them, things get really messy fast. You need consistent time every week to stop working, 
whatever work is for you. You can practice setting that thing down and reconnecting with the rest of your life. Now, typically, uh, the way this works, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but the way this works is Sabbath is typically throughout history, well, recent history, been Sunday. In Jewish culture, it's Friday night to Saturday night. Um, But Christians change it to Sunday since that's the day that Jesus came back from the dead. If you want to practice Sabbath on Sunday, that works out really great, doesn't it? Because we meet for church on Tuesday nights. So you could have actually all of Sunday for this. Um, But I remember when I was younger, there was a long stretch of time where I was in school full time and I worked at least two jobs. And so I was working basically seven days a week. Not basically, I was literally working seven days a week. And I simply didn't have the ability to take an entire day. Uh, maybe you find yourself in that place because of work or school or both. There are seasons in life where that's the case. So can you regularly set aside a couple of hours, half a day, um, to consistently practice Sabbath? If you can only afford one hour a week, start doing that at the same time on the same day every week. The point isn't necessarily the length of time as it is the rhythm and practice of disconnecting from your work to reconnect with God and yourself and others. To remind yourself that you're not a machine. To take care of yourself because you're human. I think one of the keys to actually doing this, actually pulling this off, um, like most things, is just being intentional. Sabbath is creating that, that, um, that fake meeting in your calendar so that you remember to not actually schedule anything in your calendar on that day. You have to guard the time once you set it aside. Then make a plan of what you're going to do. What, what, what is life-giving to you? What is restful for you? What helps you remember who you are? What helps you recharge? What makes you most aware of your connection to God? It's probably not email. Plan what that thing is. Plan to take a nap. Schedule a freaking nap in your week. That's the invitation here. If that's what you need, do it. Plan to take a walk or get out in nature. Plan to call and visit friends or family. Um, Plan things that you can do with your family that are different than the rest of the week that are enjoyable for you. Take your kids out to get ice cream. Maybe not every week, but maybe every week. It's summer. Let's do it. Plan something or inevitably you'll fill the time with other things because there are always other things vying for our attention and our time. Another thing that I think is essential to keeping this rhythm is disconnecting from your work as literally as possible. Right now, we live in an age of 24-hour access to our jobs, which means our jobs have 24-hour access to us. So turn off your email. Turn off Slack. Turn off all the notifications on your phone um, so that you can be present in whatever you're doing to rest and reconnect. You can't half, like like how everything suffers when you try to halfway focus on something, you can't halfway rest. It's just not going to work. You're going to be more tired than you were before. And then finally, I think it comes down to just doing, doing this. Every week, guard the time. Rest, recharge, reconnect, Fight burnout. Your life is a gift for you to enjoy, not something for you to slog your way through. There are plenty of parts of life that are already challenging and difficult. Uh, 
we don't need to add to it by spreading ourselves so thin and, and acting like we're robots. Reclaim your life. Reclaim what's important. Reclaim rest and, and capacity by practicing Sabbath that will help you move from burnout to rest. Is this something that you feel like you could do for the next, like, six weeks? Is this a gift that you could take up for yourself and your family for the month of June? There are five Tuesdays in June, so counting this Tuesday, that's six. Obviously, you don't have to start on Tuesday. Do it on a weekend if you're off on a weekend. Be intentional about it. But just plan on doing this for six weeks just to see how it goes. Pick the time, guard it, plan it, and disconnect from your work. And let me know how it goes for you. I'm going to be trying really hard to do this. Um, we're like between moves right now with my family. Uh, so right now I live in Lock Buoy, and you're thinking, that sounds like it's in Scotland. What is Lock Buoy? And there's no reason why you should know where that is. I actually don't even live in Lock Buoy. It's outside of Lock Buoy. Uh, but you can look on a map later. It's far away. Sometimes it takes me an hour to get here. <laughs> um, but we're living with my parents, and it's on, on one hand, it's extremely nice because my parents are feeding us, which I have to say is incredible. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm like, I don't know, 16 again. Like, my mom calls me, is like, it's dinner time. I'm like, this is awesome. It is dinner time, mom. Thank you. And they, they watch my kids. They take care of my kids. Uh, Mac and I, the other day, were like sitting on the couch, and my mom um, walked upstairs and was like, all right, kids are in bed. We're like, we didn't even know where they are. So glad they were with you. Uh, thanks for putting them to bed. So on one hand, like, there's a lot of rest for Michaela and I right now. And on the other hand, we have a three-month-old baby that refuses to sleep. Um, and we're about to move in a couple weeks, actually move into our house. And so there's just a lot of opportunities to stay busy. There's a lot of opportunities for me to work. There's a lot of projects. And so I'll, all of this long story is to say, like, I'm going to try really hard to take at least half a day a week for me and my family to practice this, to not work on anything, not work work, not housework, just having a good time together. And so, uh, like, hold me accountable to that. Ask me how it's going. And if you're going to try this, which I, I really hope some of you do, let me know how it's going for you. Let me know that you're trying it so that I can ask you about it. Sound good? Yes. Thanks, Curtis. <laughs> All right, let's pray. God, thank you for simple gifts like Sabbath. It kind of feels ridiculous that we need, we need simple external structures to help us from caving in on ourselves, but we do. So God, I, I thank you for um, giving us that. I pray that we would all learn to push into this practice, that we would learn to engage in taking care of ourselves and the people around us. God, I pray for all of us who feel burnt out right now with just no relief in sight. I pray that you would give us, um, give us extra energy. Give us rest that is meaningful and, and brings us back to life. We love you, God.
Amen.